0: All right, good evening and welcome to the first video and introduction to the Everyday Finance Podcast. My name is Alexander Padrone.
1: And I'm Garen Callender.
0: And we're here to bring to you some of the information of what you can expect to find here on the Everyday Finance Podcast compiled by myself and Garen, as well as the community we're looking to build here.
1: So essentially, this podcast really is to help the day-to-day individual with once again, day-to-day finances. Uh, Hence the reason why we chose the Everyday Finance podcast as the title. Um, We'd like to help out with basically budgeting, financial security, financial management, um, the stock market, potential uh, credit cards and credit reports, and just everything that you could possibly imagine when it comes to everyday finances. Now, I do want to put it out there that we are not financial professionals. We are not licensed yet, but all this information is compiled from both of our individual experiences, as well as our experiences together.
0: 100%. And while we might not be uh, licensed financial advisors or licensed financial planners, um, what I can tell you is that, um, you know, the Everyday Finance podcast and what we think about to ourselves in the spectrum of everyday finance is, you know, it's really the finance of the layperson. We're not trying to teach you how to be the next Warren Buffett, the next great stock picker, stock trader. You know, this is about the everyday financial goals of the layperson. You don't need to uh, go to a Ivy League university, or you know, um, be the next Wall uh, Street God. You know, we just want to teach you, you know, how to budget your finances and how to be financially successful and financially free, so that finance. Finances aren't a burden to you because finances are a burden for a majority of America and a majority of people in this world. And uh, we're looking to kind of spread the information that's helped us as well as other people. That way, hopefully you can find something useful to implement in your own life. So we'd essentially like to cater
1: this content towards everybody. It's very hard to say a specific group of individuals, because if we can get this content out to people of younger age in their teens and young twenties, then they'll be able to properly manage their finances. But if we also get this content out to older individuals, they'll be able to teach these practices to those who are younger, as well as take the information that we do pass on and use, utilize it for themselves.
0: 100%. You know, I think, um, just everyday financial management is important to people of any age, actually. And, um, you know, I think particularly I'd love to share it to as many young people as possible, because, you know, if you can start managing your finances when you're young, you know, it can open up the broadest horizons to you when you're older. You know, money is worth far more to you um, when you're young than it, than it does when, it, when you're older. Um, just because of the time value of money, you know, the compounding growth potentials that you can have off of various investments and even honestly just saving, um, you know, when it comes to inflation, your money is worth less and less every year so you know, um, you know, you, it's know, you can spend difficult. it all the way into nothing.
1: It's very difficult to see just because nowadays when you're uh, looking out into society, uh, looking at statistics and looking at numbers, uh, we take a step back and we see that not everybody is financially secure. Um, A lot of people can't even afford a simple $1,000 problem that arises. And I think the statistic is somewhere around 70% of Americans or so um, don't have $1,000 in their savings account. Now, we can 100% kick back and think about the newest $1,000 product. I mean, take the new iPhone 12, for example, or the new Samsung phone that came out. And, you know, those are upwards of a thousand bucks. And we always have the ability to find a way to pay for those. But um, a lot of people don't actually even have a thousand dollars in their savings accounts. So it's very tough when it comes down to being able to keep yourself afloat, because if you don't have something to fall back on, then quite obviously you're working paycheck to paycheck.
0: Right. Right. And, you know, I can, I can 100% agree. And what I find is that, you know, it's the mentality here in America, which leads us to rampant consumerism, which really makes me passionate and wanting to share the different things I've learned about financial management and um, personal finance and personal um, financial goals for you to set for yourself and to pursue achieving. Because it is actually quite amazing that we can find people that don't have a thousand dollars saved up for an emergency and will constantly every year actually or as soon as the phone that they have breaks you know they'll go out and they're buying the new uh iphone the new device and of course like we said you know they don't have the thousand dollars for that uh you know they just add it onto their phone bill or charge it on a credit card and you know it's the revolving debt cycles which lead people to just be living paycheck to paycheck but then you know regardless of what their financial state is continue the uh rampant consumerist cycle. And, you know, I think that's why we're really here doing this today is so that we can help spread this knowledge to help someone anywhere break out of that cycle and, you know, put themselves in a better financial state than they once were before. And uh, you can realize you can do a lot better for yourself than just buying the greatest new iPhone.
1: Yeah, well, uh, we're not here to say don't enjoy your life, don't purchase these great goods. We're not here to say that these products are life-threatening and they really do suck. No, by all means, we're really here to just say that there's a proper way for budgeting everything. There is a margin and some sort of budget for every single thing that you buy and every single thing that you want to do. But the way to do it right is to properly manage it and to time it out. And you can go out and you can, of course, spend your thousand dollars or two thousand dollars on whatever that you'd like. Please be my guest. But when you properly plan something out and plan for a purchase, you have the ability to not harm yourself. You don't have to worry about your next rent payment, your next mortgage. You don't have to worry about your next car payment or your insurance. It's really just it provides you with security. It really calms your nerves and it doesn't stress you out as much. Yes, it's going to be a little bit more work up front. But at the end of the day, what's that work compared to your gray hairs that you're going to get from stressing about, will you be able to pay your rent? Will you be able to cover mortgage? Will you be able to pay your bills? It's very hard because we fall into this debt cycle, um, us Americans. um, And this debt cycle is very unforgiving. There, It really doesn't help us out at all.
0: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I mean, uh, that's why I think it's so important to talk to young people about finance, because I think, you know, especially people that are in college, they don't expect themselves to be in a tough financial situation. You know, they think they're doing everything they can for the financial situation. They think, you know what, I'm in college, I'm getting a degree, I'm going to get out, I'm going to be making great money. And, you know, it's not a problem at all, you know, I'm going to be making good money, I'm going to have a good financial You know, standpoint, and I'll be able to just work from there. So, right now, I'm not going to pay attention to it. You know, I'm just going to focus on my schooling. And then after that, you know, I'm going to basically be set. But, you know, the truth is, you can believe that, or you can try to ensure you're working towards setting yourself up financially. Now, that could be small things, but when you realize that 60% of America goes to college and the average household in the US has roughly 150K worth of debt. So you do need to be the exception to be someone not living in debt, not constantly paying off debt and working for debts. And you know that can be something as nice and you know kind hearted as just getting a mortgage. You know, basically you paid off a mortgage in your lifetime and you just go ahead and buy another nicer house and you still have a mortgage again. You know, that's maybe not the worst thing in the world, but realistically you need to be the outlier to not be living with debt Uh, specifically speaking about college students. Anyways, you know, college itself can be extremely expensive and it needs to be something you're um, incredibly, incredibly vigilant about how much you're spending and how you're spending and what you're doing with your finances while you're in college, you know?
1: Well, college, the thing with college is that society still portrays it as a necessity. Now I'm not saying college isn't helpful. College has really taught me how to be disciplined, and I personally am still attending college. I got another year left. I'm at the Florida State University. Go, Knowles. And uh, I'm very happy that I've made that decision. But college doesn't teach you everything that you need in life. It's great when it comes down to basics and learning about your field or whatever you want to go into, but the main things like taxes and budgeting and properly planning and uh, strategies, and all that jazz isn't really covered in your day-to-day curriculum. Now, people go to college expecting that they're going to walk out with a six-figure job, a diploma, and uh, basically their lives being saved, but let's be realistic here. A lot of Americans, especially the average college graduate, ends up coming out with about $30,000 a day. You know, and graduating with 30K of debt really puts you already in the negative to start your life. And now I'm not saying college isn't beneficial, you just have to gauge whether it's worth it or not. For every individual, it's different. Um, And the variances come and go based on whether or not you're a good learner, whether or not you enjoy the field that you're going into, whether or not you know what field you're going into, And there's a whole bunch of factors that actually end up playing into this. But starting life with debt is very difficult. You come out of college expecting all these things, and you end up having a $40,000, $50,000 salary job, or you end up working for $10,000, $15 an hour. And I'm going to be honest with you, those don't really pay off the loans that people take in college. Now, personally speaking, from my experiences, um, I have a lot of friends that actually end up going into college, acquiring a whole bunch of debt—20, um, 30, 40, 50 thousand dollars of debt—and they do it in order to spend for food, living, rent, uh, gas, everything. Yes, yeah, sure, these are needs. These are things that you you know you'd, you're going to need essentially in order to live. But is that debt necessarily worth it? Can you find a way to make it better? Can you find a way to relieve a little bit of that debt? And those are big factors that come into play when it comes to making a decision for college.
0: 100%. You know, I find, um, you know, it's the people in the financial aid offices that will try to convince you to take on the bigger loans because, you know, then you don't need to worry about working while you're in college and we will add these stipends to you. That way you can have this extra money to live off of. And, you know, realistically, like I said before, you know, it might seem like really nice actually to have like an extra $1,000 per semester, $1,000 per month, you know, tacked on there. That way you don't need to worry about, you know, picking up an extra side job for, you know, just buying groceries, something as simple as that or gas in your car. And, you know, they always pitch it like, you know, that's the best thing because you're gonna be able to focus on your studies and then, you know, you're not gonna flunk out. So, you know, it's really gonna make it worth it, of course. But, you know, if you're 18, you're getting into college. If you go ahead and invest that thousand dollars right now, you know, you don't even know what it's going to be by the time you're retirement age. And, you know, especially if you're racking up the debt right now, to, to be thinking about coming out of college with 30K in debt, which honestly isn't bad. Like, you know, if you're 30K in debt, that probably means you uh, were working while you're in there or, you know, let's be honest, uh, your parents paid some of it off, which most people, their parents, they can go ahead and pay it off. They don't come out with that. And that's, that's nice for them. But most people that that doesn't always happen. You know, they either got to try to pay it off themselves, or maybe if they're lucky, their parents can help. Or, you know, uh, maybe if they're lucky, their parents actually set something up for them. Uh, But you know, if you're planning on coming out of school with, you know, 30, 40, 50, 70, 80, $100,000 worth of debt, you know, you got to realize, That's your potential that you're stealing from your future. So, and you got to think about this like it's an investment. You can't just be going to college for fun or for the parties. You got to be going there for something real. And it's not just a ridiculous major. I'm not going to call anyone out or what major they do because you can find value in it. And I'm sure you can be very successful. But, you know, you don't need to be spending that kind of money because realistically, you're going to need roughly $1.8 million for you to retire. Now, I tell people, young people all the time, like, I want to be a millionaire. And they're like, ah, oh, you know, you're, you're ridiculous. You know, that's, that's a lot of money. like. And I was like, you know, I think about it more and more now that I tell people that and they actually think it's an aspiration. It's a requirement in my eyes for me to be able to retire. Now, that's retirement starting from the age of 67. That's no early retirement whatsoever. And that's also not accounting for inflation. That's what it would cost for me to retire now. If I was 67 and I was just going to live my average, normal, non-high income area retirement. Now that changes based on, you know, if you want to live in a nice and expensive city like LA, New York, Miami, you know, any large city is going to change your cost of living. and It's going to make it far more expensive. So you got to think what that takes out of your life. Um, And, you know, something as simple as just not taking that extra loan taking $1,000 per month, per semester off of your loans, and then you know, picking up that small part-time job you know to then knock back a couple more thousand dollars off those loans, that, that will equal hundreds of thousands of dollars by the time you retire. And that's a guarantee.
1: Yeah, well, keep in mind that 1.8 million doesn't account for inflation, and it also doesn't account for social security. Um, and to be honest with you, I'd like to tell you this social security is probably going to run out by the time that we're coming to the seniority age.
0: Um, i got to be honest.
1: Yeah. It's just the truth behind the statement, because to be honest with you, the way that inflation is going and the way that money's running and uh, the way we're spending money as a country, it's very difficult. Uh, we're honestly, we're throwing away money and burning it like it's nothing. And that's causing a lot of inflation. That's going to mess up a lot of our things that we have set up for senior citizens. It's going to mess up a lot of our medical aid and stuff that we offer as a country. Yes, we don't have subsidized health and uh, life insurance and stuff like that. But you know, at the end of the day, these are all things that you have to take into account. Now, this 1.8 million figure that we have calculated today, and we've seen um, a statistic on. Um, is probably going to be maybe two and a half, three million by the time that we're older, you know, and we're in our early 20s here. Well, we're not too old. Um, we're in the motion of life and growing as we speak and trying to make a thing of, out of ourselves, not necessarily in fame, but uh, more so with self-actualization, some realization that we have the ability to change our own lives and we have the ability to become financially secure on our own diamond dollars. And, you know, I say it all the time, gone are the days of the hardworking American, because there's a lot of people that expect money to be just given to them. But the reality to it is it's all about proper planning, proper management, and uh, essentially knowing what to do. And with with the tech age, you know, we have the ability to just kind of search up you know, pop on Google, pop on Yahoo or whatever search engine you're using and be able to search whatever you need. You know, oh, I want to find the uh, best uh, place to go out to eat. I want to find the best method to save money. You can go ahead and search it. And I promise you, there will be millions of listings. But it all depends on the relevant information. Um, It's very difficult differentiating that as well, especially when you see a title like, learn how to make a $1,000 in a day. Very simple to say something like that. But when you go further into the video or further into the article, you start learning that it takes a lot of work to put into it. And yes, it's not an easy stroll whatsoever. We're not here to say that our YouTube channel is going to start making you a $1,000 a day or $2,000 a day, and you will be financially secure based off that. Yeah. No. We're here to essentially tell you that, um, we have the tools and knowledge uh to provide information on proper management proper planning and proper things to look out for and hopefully that can help you guys out because i know we've personally seen struggles and gone over speed bumps and everything in our day-to-day lives that we'd like to put out and cancel for the most part for the day-to-day individual um because Look, we're taught to go to school, we're taught to do all these things, we're taught to collect debt because it's an investment in your future, in your career path, but at the end of the day we're not really taught how to properly manage our money. So, we really do hope that this YouTube channel and our podcast provides you with that insight to be able to avoid some of the speed bumps that we've encountered and avoid some of the problems that we've seen along the way.
0: 100%, you know, I, I couldn't agree more. And, um, you know, I think just uh, sharing this in an online forum, you know, it'll be extremely instrumental uh, to young people, you know, being that, you know, we're young ourselves and, you know, the things that we're going through, you know, you can realize how your situation, it may not be so different. And, um, you know, just looking at people, what they've done to succeed, or just looking at you know, even not necessarily a success as much as it is not a failure. You know, uh, something as simple as investing in the stock market can be extremely intimidating to people who have never um, thought about it before. You know, you hear all kinds of horror stories about people losing like 75% of their life savings, you know, that, you know, it's a rigged game and it's just for the rich. And, you know, realistically, our podcast here, it's... um we're not necessarily making this for the finance majors and the wall streets boys. And, uh, we're not necessarily making this for the people who want finance and, you know, money to be there every day. Uh, you know, every moment type of thought, you know, we're looking for to provide this information for the laypers. You know, I speak to people every day who they don't want to look at the stock market. They don't want to pay attention to finances and, and credit and, you know, entrepreneurship, and they don't want to do all of this, you know, this is about how you can manage your finances and live your life the way that you want to, you know, without finance being a major part of your everyday life, you know, it's about the simple things. And we're not here to tell you to, to scrimp and to save on every single thing and to be a miser and spend no money whatsoever. You know, we're going to be bringing in other, um, introductions, you know, we're going to have multiple different topics, you know, we're going to have tips on frugal living, that way you can, you know, think about those things and think, you know, what, you know, I think I can reduce some of these things from my daily life. And, you know, I save these dollars, I save these dimes. And, you know, it works up and it builds up over time. And especially when you're young, you know, it compounds into something completely beautiful that you can never imagine. Um, and, you know, we're going to bring in a lot of different topics for, you know, the layperson, if, you know, this is the kind of stuff that may um scare you or intimidate you when it comes to finance you know this is how us as well as other young people have been able to go about this
1: and honestly it doesn't really deter you from your day-to-day life um you know it can be a very simple solution to it um just like cutting out a bad habit or maybe not going out every day and buying a coffee from starbucks or something And taking that money and putting it into stocks or putting a portion of it into, um, you know, a savings account or something in order to have money set aside for either bad situations or your future. And that's the biggest problem that I see with America nowadays. Uh, We've been taught this essentially factory style living uh, where we live bell to bell and schedule to schedule and, you know, paycheck to paycheck, uh, so to say. Where Everything is kind of based off the next paycheck. Oh, I'm going to be able to pay my bills. And I know I can do that in two weeks. So my other two weeks of money, I can just go ahead and waste. And that's not the right way to think about it. It's all about allocating your money properly, putting some money aside towards the savings, putting some money aside towards investments, putting some money aside towards fun, entertainment, travel, and also putting some money aside towards your expenses like your bills and you know your immediate expenses that you need in order to live your day-to-day life and it really doesn't cut out much from what you're doing already it's just a matter of planning and if you plan properly you can make the most out of your money
0: 100 percent and you know since I talked about it before and how we're trying to make this podcast for, you know, the layperson and managing their finances and the people who don't particularly care about finance, um, one of the arguments I've got a lot from many people that seem to be flabbergasted by the idea of me talking about needing millions to be able to retire or, you know, how much money I want to make or what I want to do with my investments, um, you know. I typically get this idea that you know it's greedy it's cruel it's unfair to even even want or aspire to you know amass for yourself more than what you currently have or more than you know what your parents were able to leave you which in my case wasn't much and I believe you know that's why I'm on this journey myself you know I want to be able to leave my children in a better place than my parents could leave me and you know I think if we could all try to do that, we could live in a much better world. But also, besides just doing stuff for the personal gain of helping you and your family, you know, to me, the good you're able to do in the world, um, if you don't have money, it's purely limited by how much free time you have. You know, if let's say I get to that $1.8 million mark in 20 years instead of 40 years, uh, well, I have enough to retire so long as I don't retire now and start burning it early. Um, I can be as altruistic as I want. Now, a million dollars, that is far more time than I could expect to give, you know, putting in my minimum wage at McDonald's. You know, and, and if I'm working a low-paid job and I have no free time, no money because I'm working paycheck to paycheck, all I can do is donate my extra time, put it in at the soup kitchens. But, you know, if you got millions of extra dollars, on hand that you don't need to protect yourself or your family well you can go ahead and you can open a new soup kitchen or you know you can go to costco and you can buy thousands of pounds of food to give out to people who are starving to people to help disasters you know you can be the most altruistic person you've ever known if that's all you want in your life i believe um if what you want to do is help other people in your life having money and being well financially oriented that way you can manage your finances as well as other people's and businesses uh you can do the most good in the world by doing that uh, you won't be able to achieve much good in the world if you can't manage your own finances and you can't take care of your own accounts uh personally. so that's why i think these goals are so near and dear to me not only for you know what i want personally But also for how much effect I can have in the world for helping my friends and family and other organizations and, uh, you know, goals that I see important, you know.
1: 100%. And I believe a lot of people view money as something for entertainment, a trade for personal happiness. But the view of money has to be changed. Money should be viewed as a tool. It's a tool to be able to do everything that you want and desire, as well as to give back to this world as a whole. You know, money can be funding uh, before, like you said, charitable events or giving back to people that need it, whether they're homeless or just don't have the ability to provide for their family or whatever it is. Um, When it comes down to it, at the end of the day, money's just a tool. It's what you use in order to make what you want. Happen now. My parents uh, tried to provide me with the best life possible. Now I'm going to go off on a limb and say we weren't the most affluent family ever, or anywhere near it. But it really did help me with proper financial management. And now my life experiences and the struggles that I've gone through, as well as what my parents have gone through, have provided me with the ability to essentially come out to the world and talk to you guys about you know what to look out for, the things to watch out for, and how to approach it. Because we're not taught that in schools. We're really not taught how to carry on with life. We're taught how to work bell to bell, paycheck to paycheck, time to time, lunch break to lunch break. And it's toxic. It really is. It provides stress. It uh, it provides harm to your well-being and your mental state and everything. So honestly, the big thing that I really get out of this is that I really want to just help people. Um, my parents and didn't have the guidelines or a rule book on how to create their American dream. They've always told me that I am their American dream because they haven't been able to uh, find the wealth that they needed at the time that they did or whatever it was. But essentially, I want to be able to provide information uh, to, to people in order to achieve that said American dream. Now we've moved on from the white picket fences and the single family homes to a lot lavish of a lifestyle just because of the, I'd like to consider it, the tech revolution that we have at hand and the exponential growth of our economy. But essentially, we're still at that same phase where if you put your mind to it, if you use money properly as a tool, you'll be able to do exactly what you want and really attain that American dream. 100%.
0: 100%. You know, um, money, I believe, is the greatest tool. Um, you know, it is leverage. You know, a lot of times when you're young or if you haven't managed your finances, uh, it's actually required uh, for you to be able to put food on your table that you go ahead and you trade your time for money. And, uh, you know, it's a common exchange that everyone knows is in, as employment. Um, but, you know, if you can amass some of that money for, for yourself, uh, you can be able to go ahead and trade that. Uh, you can trade that money for time while you can't actually buy yourself more time. Um, and, you know, people will tell me that money doesn't buy happiness. You know, money isn't everything. But to me, financial freedom is happiness. You know, if happiness is spending time with your family, if you're financially free and you can't get that day off of work, well, doesn't matter. You don't need to get paid. You don't need to go to work. That's it. It's as simple as that if you're not living paycheck to paycheck, you're not forced to be punching the clock for you to just survive and put food on your table and not get evicted, then, you know, you got to do what you got to do. You got to keep working. But if you're not in that situation, you're financially independent, you're financially free, then you can do what you want. You can live life how you see fit and what you find meaningful and, you know, valuable for your time. And I feel like even for people who believe that money isn't happiness and money isn't everything I can, I believe that they can find meaning and value in that statement itself. And, you know, maybe it's something that people haven't taught them about uh, financial independence that you really can build for yourself a diverse portfolio of assets and investments, which can provide for you um, income to cover for your expenses. That way, you know, if you are sick or if you do just want to take a vacation, you know, some people have, you know, mental health issues. You know, you talk about happiness and, you know, fulfillment in life. Uh, you know, sometimes you just need a break from work. You know, what are you going to do about that? If you're just punching the clock every day just to scrape by and with paycheck to paycheck, you, you've got nothing. So you might as well start planning for that now, whatever age you are, you know, whether you're whether you're 14 or you're 45, you know if you're 45 and you're worrying and wondering like, how the hell are you gonna get to retirement? Like, well, the best time to plant a tree was, you know, 20 years ago, but the best time, the second best time to plant a tree is today. And, you know, you can still save up yourself a great investment portfolio for retirement. And, you know, it can still be continuing to grow by the time you are retired. You know, you don't even need to be depleting it. And, you know, for someone that's extremely young, for someone that's 14, you know, you can go ahead and approach your parents about opening you up at a, a custodial brokerage account and start you know, investing in the S&P 500 and just getting money put away. And you can watch how big that air, acorn can grow in 40 years. You know, and you'd be surprised even down from practically nothing. Um, you know, it said, if you're investing at the time of your 18th birthday, every dollar that you save is worth 88 by the time you retire. So you can go ahead and use that math to any portion of money which you find to be insignificant. Um, and you need to actually add extra compounding factor for each year before that, that you wanna start investing. Um, of course it diminishes every year you get older, but you know, it's a good rule of thumb and it can really help some people realize, you know, even spending $5 here at Starbucks, you know, is losing the hundreds in the future, you know?
1: Yeah, well, you can just take it as a simple example. Well, we were talking about, you know, a lot of Americans, uh, 70% of Americans don't have $1,000 in their savings account or don't have $1,000 put aside for emergencies. Now, say you invested that $1,000 and we use the same statistic and the numbers that you uh, brought about, Alex, of $88 after 18. Um, Yes, sir. So say you're 18 years old, you've somehow amassed a grand total of a thousand dollars put aside and you end up putting it's it attainable, the markets, which is very doable. You know, you attainable. Can, nowadays at 14 years old, you can start working at Publix. And I know that's a Florida company for the most part, but I'm sure there's a lot more around the United States and around the world as a whole that allows you to work at such a young age. Um, it's a matter of just getting up, getting active and going and doing it. And that's the biggest problem that we have nowadays, is just people aren't really go getters. Now we want to create some more go getters. But back to the example, that $1,000 that you have at 18 years old, you're coming about your retirement age, that's now $88,000. Maybe that $1,000 wasn't too big of a deal. But now that $88,000 could be a major down payment on a house, it could help pay off your final debts. And I know it's very dark to view it. But it could pay for your funeral and your death expenses or when you are passing on so your family doesn't have to incur them. These are all things that you have to consider. And we really push past it. Um, Our government and our education system likes to say, Oh, well, that's okay. We'll worry about it in the future. Let's focus on our day to day problems. And yes, we're here to focus on the day to day problems. But we're here to take those day to day issues and plan them into a much larger event, to plan for the future.
0: 100%. You know, um, when you keep yourself short-sighted, you can do a lot of foolish things that, you know, you think you're living in the moment when realistically you're stealing from your future self. Um, You know, you talked about uh, taking care of those end of life expenses, you know, and all of that eighty-eight thousand dollars could certainly pay for stuff like that if you had nothing else, or maybe you just died, drop dead the day you retired at sixty-seven, you know. And maybe that's all you even had. That's quite not enough to retire. That's far behind what you would require. Um, but you know, you're right. That would take the burden off of your family to just have that, all from just a thousand dollars. You know, if you could start a brokerage account when you're eighteen, if Honestly, one 18-year-old watches this and starts a brokerage account because we said this and they have $1,000, they stuck it in there because they were about to go buy something fancy or maybe they already did and this is what's left over. You know, if literally one person did that, I would consider this video a screaming success Um, because realistically, it could become far more. You know, that's standard rates of return on standard investments, investing in the S&P 500 over 40 years time. And... You know, you could do far more if you wanted to become actively invested. But right here, right now on this podcast, what we're trying to tell people is that, you know, you don't need to be the insane entrepreneur. You don't need to be the wolf of Wall Street to provide for yourself and for your family and those around you a stable financial future. Um, And, you know, finance doesn't need to be every moment of every day for you it doesn't need to be what you've studied for years um and i'm really hoping that we can build this community together to provide these videos and these thoughts for people who are looking at ways of managing their finances and in the future we're going to break our videos down while we might not have got into the nitty-gritty in this video we're going to break our videos down into topics because we understand while we're trying to hit people that may not be knowledgeable on certain topics. We're going to try to compile those information and, um, you know, really get it into a condensed form uh, for a video. You know, we want to put pile as much information as we can about a certain topic. That way, you know, if you know absolutely nothing about investing in the stock market, you can get onto our video and you can sit down for about 30 minutes and at least you'll have an idea. You know, maybe you'd be the person who didn't like it or was excited about it before, but at least you'd have some form of idea of, You know, what's good, what's bad, what's dangerous, what's smart and, you know, uh, how people have succeeded or failed in the past, you know, and we're hoping we can make a lot of stuff like that about real estate investing and about, you know, credit and other forms of investment and entrepreneurship. And um, we're hoping to break those down into almost like college lecture style, uh, 30 to 40 minute blocks of information on specific topics that you can find. If you're not interested about something, you can skip it and go on to the next video. You know, and um, I'm really hoping that this can uh, shed some light on different topics that people may have been intimidated or even just so ignorant that they didn't know where to start off, you know?
1: Yeah, well, um, the main reason why uh, I'm personally here and I think I could speak to you about this is to kind of just put out as much information and knowledge as we can out to the general public, the general public, the average American. Um, we're clouded with all this judgment and information from society nowadays that this is how you have to approach it. This is how you have to spend your money. This is how you have to properly manage. And honestly, a lot of people don't know what they're talking about. Now, I'm not saying I'm the most qualified individual or Alex is as well, but what we are saying is that we've experienced a certain number of events and certain situations that a lot of people might be experiencing or could experience in the future. And if we can find a way to kind of elevate that, you know, uh, that issue or relieve some of that stress and pressure by providing helpful information, we, we sure as hell want to. Um, And honestly, the best way that we can do that as well, we're going to be providing uh, information, videos and uh, casual podcast talks and everything. But the best way to kind of do it in order to kind of tailor it towards our viewers specific needs is to comment down below. And when you comment and provide us with ideas and topics, we'd be able to go into a deeper dive, not necessarily your situation as a whole, but that sector or that topic as a whole in order to kind of help not only you, but everybody that's dealing with that same
0: issue. 100%. I couldn't agree more. Um, I think, you know, specifically one of the greatest goals that I'd like to see for this podcast is I do want to create that community. You know, I'd love to see people getting down in the comments below and, you know, um, questioning, you know, anything we've said, you know, or even just asking, you know, further explanation explanations. And I'd love to see people, you know, getting down in there, you know, maybe people who aren't such laypersons in uh, the specific topic of the video, you know, letting people know, because we're going to try to comment on every single comment, or at least reply back to every comment that's on there. Um, But we will take your suggestions, you know, if there's something that you needed more clarification on, or, you know, if there is a topic that you want to cover, because you uh, you weren't sure about, we definitely want to get into there. And we really appreciate that and we'll look into that and in producing a video on your individual topics that you've suggested. Um, but also building this community of people commenting, you know, you may find before we even get to comment back to you, someone else comments because they already, they already knew what you were asking, you know. Um, or maybe, you know, they just gleaned some information on you that maybe it wasn't such a simple question you were asking and you need to rephrase. it. Um, and that's what we want to create and produce is, you know, a group of people where we can come together and kind of have a meeting of the minds where, you know, we can have our mastermind of, you know, everyone's failures and accomplishments and, you know, struggles and strifes that makes what we are today and what make us more successful, more strong people. Um, because, you know, the everyday part of your finance is, is really every day, you know, money can be stressful. It can be straining. And, um, You know, personally, I don't think it has to, Um, you know, I think you can live, you can cohabitate, you can use it as a tool, like Aaron said, Um, you know, for good in the world, for good for yourself. And um, you can use it as a tool to protect you, realistically. Um, And I think that's what we're hoping to see for the future. So we'd love to see your comments. If you um, have any recommendations for videos and topics you'd like to see, um, we'd love to hear them. And we'd love to get working on a video on that topic. So if there's been an area of your financial life that you've been worried about or you've been confused about, um, we'd love to tackle it. We'd love to take it on and do some research and see if we can't make a video that would um, help somebody out out there.
1: And I love the way that you describe this as a community, uh, because nowadays society has portrayed uh, every person as kind of individualistic um everyone's kind of worried about themselves no one really cares about the greater good and you know there's a lot of movements and everything that happen and uh, undergo and I don't want to get into the politics or the nitty-gritty or anything um about kind of just helping other groups of people and helping everybody out well this is kind of the same thing essentially but for your finances you know we've all here been through different problems different situations uh hard times, stressors that have made us try to pull our hair out and everything. Um, But by having a community that kind of backs you and having people that genuinely care about the situations that you're in and try to help you out because they've either been in it or are about to go into it, I think is very beneficial because one person can't build a multi-million or multi-billion dollar company. It's the unit as a whole that is able to do it. Sure, there's a mind behind the whole thing, but without the day-to-day employees, the hard workers, the planners, the CEO, and the board, it's impossible to put something together. One person can't manage everything. So by establishing a community, I genuinely believe that we can grow together as one.
0: I couldn't agree more. And you know, I think on that note, um, we couldn't wait to hear more what you guys would like to see in our next video. And um, before we end up taking a comment video, we'll probably have another one out. But, you know, I think this is about a good place to uh, end it as any.
1: Yep. And I do appreciate you guys sticking through it and watching this. And thank you once again for watching the Everyday Finance Podcast.
0: Thank you. Until next time, remember, like, comment, and subscribe. And we can't wait to see you next time.